it's another side that like wants to take more, it wants to go that one more round, because like going that one more round when you don't think you can, that's what makes all the difference in your life. You know what I mean? Welcome, everyone, to one more round of the Rocky Series podcast. I am 99% sure we are going to finish Rocky 3 today. Okay. I'm 99% sure. Unlike my Rambo podcast, we are not going to drag out this season unnecessarily. We are dragging out our Rambo podcast unnecessarily because we don't want it. <laughs> we don't want it to end. But uh, not that we want Rocky to end, but we still got three more films to do. So this is, uh, we got a lot, a lot of, a lot of road ahead of us. Katie, how are you doing? And then Kyle, how are you doing? I'm doing great, despite it being very cold. But I leave for sunny Mexico in a couple of days, so I'm escaping oh. the cold. Mm-hmm. I'll are be you, on a beach next next week. But you're not missing any recordings because of that uh, vacation. Uh, correct. It just worked out that oh, okay. it, it worked out. Nope. Perfect. Perfect. All right, Kyle, how you doing? You going to Mexico? No, I'm a little depressed with how much vacation time Katie gets. Pretty I thought cool. Americans yeah. were like overworked and they were on vacation. I always that take seem to be true at all i never take a long vacation it's like a couple of days like i'll be there ah, for like four days, you know like stretch it out that makes yeah. sense actually I so you take... to like cancun or cabo or somewhere puerto vallarta oh okay. the west coast so yeah it's like a quick trip three nights literally in and out nice get out of the cold mm-hmm. it's amazing how much you can do when you don't have uh, kids and yep. i know food and shelter and clothing and stuff i don't get it uh Man, I hate kids. Okay, um, <laughs> I love. How my are family. you, Ryan? I, I'm doing good. I'm still in the Middle East right now. My time here is coming to an end. I think we have two more recordings while I'm here, and then the third recording from here. So while we're doing Rocky Four, the early parts of Rocky Four Season Four, I'll be back in Canada. I can't wait to see my family. Can't wait to get out of the Middle East. Hopefully, I get out of here alive. That's all good. All right. Uh, that being said, Katie, you've got some emails. I think. Yes, we have one from Andreas. Hello, Ryan, Katie, and Kyle. I really enjoyed listening to your latest episode. You guys are always entertaining and great at pointing out details that keep these movies alive for all of us. Listening to your comments about the things that could be considered gay in the montage was both interesting and hilarious. (laughs) It brought more to a discussion I've had with American friends where we've realized Americans are shocked by sex and nudity and Europeans, at least us Scandinavians, are shocked by violence. Yes, it's a problem. Americans seem to accept violence in art and entertainment more than they do sex and vice versa. I don't know how it applies to Canadians, somewhere in between perhaps? Maybe a little bit in between, but I'd say it leans more towards accepting violence rather than nudity. I know, for example, the movie ratings in Canada are different. It's much more difficult to get a restricted rating in Canada, Mm -hmm. even with nudity. Like you can have a movie rated 14 and have minor nudity in it. In general, though, I think it does stem from like Victorian culture from, you know, the old British empire or whatever that. Yeah. Kind of shame sex to a degree. America is probably far more religious than Scandinavia. And I think that's where the, the more secular a society, the less issue there is with sexuality and nudity and it's blatant violence should clearly be wrong. And somehow, I don't know, it's a weird thing, but yes, good point, Andreas. Yeah, it is weird that you could see someone get brutally murdered, but then it's like seeing a penis or some boobs or something is like horrific. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I don't get that. <laughs> Same. He says, I agree with Katie that it's mostly a cultural thing. Here in Sweden, it's common to take a sauna steam together and then go for a cold dip in the ocean, a lake or a snowbank if you're nowhere near the ocean. You're naked the entire time and people are just hanging out, drinking a beer or water together with strangers. There's nothing gay about it. Gay, straight, or other participants partake in these events and nudity is never an issue. The cold winds, snow, and or seawater can be an issue for beginners, but not the rest. Yeah, I went to um, Iceland 
a couple years ago, like the lagoons and stuff like that. It's just, it's cool. And then there's like an ice bath before you, there's like a whole seven step thing that you do and it's supposed to be cleansing. And and anyway, it was fantastic. I highly recommend Iceland, everyone, if you've not been. Sure. I'll, I'll add that to my list. He says, I wanted to stand up for Antonio Tarver though. I thought he did a great job. He seemed less cartoonish than the other opponents that we love. And since Rocky Balboa is a more grounded film than, say, movies three through five, I thought his performance fit. Also, did he need to be an actor? Mr. T wasn't an actor before Stallone discovered him. Dolph Lundgren wasn't either. Or Tommy Morrison. Come to think of it, the only opponent who was a real actor was Carl Weathers. No? I'm only taking the piss. Please don't think I'm upset about the Tarbert comment. (laughs) I think your podcast is great. It's what I listen to when I go for walks or load the dishwasher, etc. And it renews my love for the franchise. So thanks for that. Love and cheers, Andreas. That's a great email. Thank you, Andreas. And a couple of things. I didn't get a chance to comment on the sex and violence. I mean, yes, cultural, how you're, you're upbringing, things like that. Obviously, at this point, we're all adults, so I don't care. Like, I'm an adult now, so I watch TV shows that have both, you know, from name the TV show, from yeah, Game of Thrones to whatever. If it's part of the plot, it is what it is. Like, I don't watch pornography just for entertainment. But if I'm watching a TV or movie and it happens to have whatever and it's part of the plot, then so be it. I don't really care. There's stuff that's violent that I don't enjoy. That's just for the sake of violence. Some horror movies I don't watch because it's just too much. It's, it's gratuitous violence. I don't like watch, they call it, I forget what it's called, like a movie like Hostel, for example. Like it's just people being tortured. There's no, for me, I don't want yeah. to enjoy that. I mean, there's people that have that audience and there's people that have an audience for pornography. So I'm not condoning it or condemning those people or condoning it. I'm just saying it's not for me. So then as a parent, you have to decide for yourself, what is it for your kids you want to have them watch? Again, I showed my 12-year-old son Gladiator. Okay, it's got some violence. It's actually not that bad. And they also watched the Rambo films up to part three. Like I haven't shown the part four and five yet because they're really violent. I'm going to wait till a little bit older. First three are kind of cartoonish violence. So it's, it's all kind of relative. It's up to you as a parent to decide what you want to show your kids and what age. Okay. And then now about the Tarver thing. I agree with what Andres is saying. But the reason why I don't like Tarver at the end of the day, he's right about the actor boxer thing. That's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. The problem is because Mr. T was a new actor. Dolph was a new actor. Yes. Uh, and same with Tommy, obviously Tommy Morrison. But the idea that I was saying was all three of those guys looked like real athletes. Even So the irony was, even though Tarver was a real boxer and so was Tommy, that's what I want. I want someone who looks like in a physical presence against Rocky. The problem with Rocky Balboa, and it's nothing against Tarver, I'm not body shaming him, but in the realm of the movie characters, I should say, you have to have someone who's kind of jacked and ripped a little bit. That's who Rocky faces. That's, I mean, look at the, the Creed films. All Creed's opponents, man, were these jacked guys. And the real boxers that they had in those films too, like the Danny Wheelers and all these other real boxers, they were jack guys, uh, except for the one guy. Ironically, the one boxer who was a real boxer, he was kind of flimsy. But again, I think for the Rocky movies, that's where Tarver fell short. He was an okay actor. Like, he did an okay job for his small role. He didn't have a lot of speaking lines. He was fine. It just felt off. I don't know why. And I'm not the only one who thinks thinks that way. It felt off. So I feel bad for saying that because I don't want to body shame him. But it did feel off compared to all the other Rocky poems. Mm-hmm. Oh, Kyle might be frozen. I think, he, I think oh. he's frozen. Oh, all right. He's frozen. Great. All right. So, Kyle... We don't have to deal with him anymore. Perfect. He was, but you said it. Oh, okay. Oh, he's okay. Well, I was going to say that I wasn't against Tarver, but I just found his character wasn't that good. Like he wasn't much of a villain. He wasn't the villain at all. There wasn't really a villain in, in Rocky Bobo. And well, I guess the villain was a time. Details. The villain was that Rocky was way out of his prime, blah, blah, blah. End of his, he should yeah, be in the ring. It's, yeah, it was him fighting that beast. The villain was the beast in the basement. We'll get and we'll get to that stuff. But, but Mason stuff. Dixon was basically a prop. And from that, exactly. from that respect, he was fine. Although fine. I do agree with your criticism that like, there's a certain expectation we have as viewers of the franchise that... Rocky's opponents are almost absurdly bigger and better than he is type of thing. And he has to overcome that. And even though Rocky was old in that film, he seemed like he was jacked too. So it was a little yeah, weird. He was big. I personally wasn't bothered by it. Like I it, it didn't, yeah. I want a hot bod to look at. No, I'm being silly on purpose, but really though. How dare it, you? Yes. How dare you? And I want to comment for Ivan Drago. You didn't need an actor for that role because you didn't say anything. <laughs> But he was like, good. I got to say, I even, I mean, the nonverbal acting, I think sometimes can be difficult. My friend Kim doesn't like Dolph Lundgren because she thinks he's Ivan Drago. 
She's like, he's like oh, a robot. Wow. I'm like, yeah, he was. <laughs> that's the robot. Fuck him. Yeah. Movies are pretend. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you got another email, I believe, from Michael of the Screen Nerds podcast. Hey, y'all. Happy New Year to you, Ryan, Kyle, and Katie. Hope you have a wonderful 2024 and continued success for the podcast. There's wait, one wait, 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 slow down. Continued success? Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we had any. We have people listening and watching us. Well, that's very kind of you, Michael. Okay, continue. There is one question that I wanted to ask about this training montage. Why do you think we don't see Clubber Lang's part of the training for this second fight? We see Rocky good and... Question. Yes. Yeah, good it is a good question. question. He says, we see Rocky and Clubber training interspersed before the first fight. But in the second training montage, we only see Rocky's training. Just curious about what you think about this. Keep up the great work, Michael. The first film, we didn't really see Apollo's training because he didn't take it seriously. We were, we're almost led to believe he almost didn't train for that first fight because we never see him train. Second fight, we see him train. Third movie, we see yeah, we see Clubber train at the beginning. So I think that what it is, I think Clubber probably just did more of the same. I think you could just go in the back of your mind that it was focused on the Rocky, Apollo, the whole that we did a whole episode on about their friendship, their blooming companionship, their bromance, that's the word, their bromance together. So I think it just stuck to that Rocky getting out of his funk. It was just focused on Rocky because even the Rocky 2 montage, it was just Rocky. We saw Apollo train earlier in the film, but not during the montage. So I guess that montage part is a little bit of a special moment, though. And then in Rocky 4, we do see it interspersed with the because uh, that was supposed to be man versus nature or sorry, nature versus machine. That was the whole idea of that. So I guess it's just different in every film. So I, I think at the end of the day for Rocky 3, we saw Clubber train. We know how he trains. And I think just for that montage, I think the focus was just Apollo and, and Rocky's bromance. Like, of course, with the first fight, you have to show them both training because you have to show that one serious and one isn't. And then with Rocky Four, you have to show them both train because it shows their differences in training and it shows Rocky's approach to training in this harsh environment. So you have to contrast those things. For the second fight in Rocky Three, it wouldn't provide any value showing Clubber train. It's okay to just assume that he trained hard. The training with Rocky in the, the second fight, it was so difficult. Like, you had to get his head in the right place, and so that's what you had to focus on. You had to focus on Rocky getting over his demon of losing that fight, and showing Clubber Lang train would be a distraction rather mm-hmm. than adding actual value. Had Rocky trained hard from the beginning and it wasn't an issue, it'd be okay, I guess, to show Clubber train, but you had enough going on there. It would be weird to have him tra- show them train there so that that was a good decision by the filmmakers okay awesome question thank you michael check out his uh, podcast everyone's screeners podcast and last little thing here we got a youtube comment but it kind of goes in with what we've already alluded to but this is from simon our uh, film director fan of the show he says here regarding the masculine energy he goes all that masculine energy and hugging reminded me of football or soccer you'd call it for us north americans and rugby there's a lot of hugging and kissing but famously very few gay players and lots of locker room wrestling, often shared showers, and general pranking. Many sports guys I know joke about teabagging other guys and stuff like that after matches. <laughs> oh my Does everyone God. know what teabagging is? Yes, it's when you... No, we're not going to explain what teabagging is. My mom listens to the show. I can go for a cup of tea right now and just dipping the teabag into the cup. <laughs> If you want to know what teabagging is, you can Google at your own risk. He goes on here to say, uh, also shows like Jackass are super popular, just like nude wrestling in ancient times were very popular. Now with MMA and films like Fight Club, there is something primal compelling about fit dudes being healthily rambunctious. It's more about masculine energy than sexuality, in my opinion. Okay, so we got a lot of great comments about that. It's funny, I guess a lot of these people saw our live broadcast i cut out a lot of the gay talk for the you did i noticed that okay so if you want to hear the unedited versions you can ask me for the link there is we do have a isn't it on patreon so plug your patreon yeah you can go to the patreon again i can't stress enough if you're watching this live on instagram or on patreon or on the youtube channel which i never plug that's where you'll get that live unedited talk but i do pare things down for the actual like itunes feed just to make it a little bit more pg some of our talk it's a little bit silly and crazy but because that's the stuff my mom listens to <laughs> i edit for my mom oh my bless God. my mom's heart i do well because she, she listens to every episode and oh, she keeps sweet. me honest right yeah she doesn't listen to the live stuff mom has a sway overall <laughs> 
uh, yeah, let's get into the movie. Well, this well, I, I want to make oh, a comment yes, just in general. Please. I think a lot of our gay stuff was really tongue in cheek. Of course, course it was. Like, yes, we don't really was, think yeah. that they're gay, and no, and I do don't. think it is interesting in the male psyche. And I I just say this in our culture. I can't speak to other cultures. We generally have a fairly homophobic culture, and then men are really are generally discouraged. From having, I'm going to say intimate physical contact. I don't mean sex, but I mean like hugging and right. stuff like that. Sports is this like odd exception where that's okay. Because like the context of sports in general is such that you touch guys anyways during sports. It's more intimate itself, especially contact sports. Those barriers come down and you are allowed to, to touch. It, it's weird, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And I just personally find it an odd part of our culture yeah i mean i have no problem yeah. with it. i don't want to be too bad but i played sports and i'm in the navy let me just say i've i can share stories well I yeah right i have offline. a hard time believing you haven't had any homosexual experiences if you're in the navy <laughs> uh, well i will just say for the record everything has been above board and wonderful and great and there's absolutely nothing to share and say okay. mm-hmm. for the record okay okay so i'm just gonna step out for a sec but you guys just start without me okay okay Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Stu Nahan, along with Bill Baldwin, and we welcome you to Madison Square Garden, a most exciting backdrop for the anxiously awaited rematch between the former champion Rocky Balboa and the reigning heavyweight champion Clubber Lang. We now switch to our remote cameras inside the dressing rooms. Madison Square Garden. I think I would have forgotten that. I don't mm-hmm. know why. I think I'm always so used to everything being in Philly, but this is actually in New York City they're fighting. Which isn't that I, far from Philly. Correct. Wasn't there another one in Madison Square Garden? Well, there was fights in the pre-show, the montage at the beginning of Rocky Three when he had all these other fights. He did fight in Madison Square Garden. But I don't know if there was any fights between Apollo. I think the Apollo and Rocky fights are both at Philly. Weren't they both in the spectrum? Yeah, what? they're both in the spectrum. Okay. And then in four, it's Vegas, right? One of them yeah. from Vegas. Yeah. Okay. Well, remind me, the first fight against Clubber and Rocky, I think that was in Philly too, was it not? We, yeah, we had an argument about this. I initially thought it was New York, but then I think we did determine it was in Philly. Because the whole idea of it being, because the ring, remember the ring had the stallion symbol yeah. inside the ring to make it his home turf, where this won't have, I don't think this ring has that, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be interesting why they did it here and not, say, in Chicago, where Clever's from. Neutral ground. True. Yeah. yeah, New York is just like that's where a lot of fights happen yeah. because it's the big city. Sure. So yeah, Mass Square Garden. Of course, now we got signs in there. This is this audience is here for the film. We got gold Rocky signs. You do see a clever sign later on. So like some Yeah, we do. Yeah, I think there's a clever sign. I love it. That's great. But yeah. Honestly, this preamble to this fight is full of lots of little nuggets. Twins. My yeah, goal we'll, is to be to make it so this is a two episode thing. Oh wow. <laughs> Do you guys see the Adidas sign? I have a feeling that is not for the Rocky. It's just an advertisement that yeah. happened to be in Madison Square Garden Probably, at the time of filming. Yeah, because Nike seems to be the sponsor yeah. of this film. I want to also just let you know that I want to be counting the people in Clever's entourage because it is bizarre from a guy who fights alone and trains alone he's gonna have the biggest freaking entourage you'll ever see very reminiscent creed 3 is rocky 3 in that jonathan majors was sort of the same way in that once he became champ same with clubber now everybody's like a hanger on yes that's what i was gonna say i think he's just got more people around him he, he almost has to as, as a champion he can't take all the phone calls he has to have management yeah but why are they there at ringside pretending to help with this like his corner staff is gigantic you'll see when we get there it is it's, it's like the hype men of rappers and it's like the entourage is far greater than it needs to be just because you're like oh yeah i guess you're my friend or eh, whatever would you care to comment on how you plan to fight balboa what's your strategy don't need any balboa is so predictable and stupid the man comes straight ahead. He's telling made for me, and he's going to get hurt. So I love it because Sly writes this dialogue. <laughs> so I kind of love how there's that behind the scenes stuff, like Sly's writing that dialogue for Clubber to say about him. He's talking about Rocky's fighting style is truly that. He's pretty much that is how Rocky kind of fights. And that's the idea is because now Apollo has trained him differently. Apollo's trained him how to dance, how to move, how to shuck and jive. He thinks Rocky's going to come in again the same way he did before or has before with just coming straight on, taking the punches to the head, which is odd because you would think Clubber and his team would have to recognize that because Apollo's training him, he might have a different style now than the old style. It's interesting that that discussion has never come across his training time. Like, hey, just so you know, Clubber, we have to consider Apollo's training him a little bit how he fights. We may have to look at, uh, at his tapes as well. 
Yeah, but Clubber has so little respect for Apollo Creed, apparently, that I think he's like, I don't On care the if like Apollo Creed. I'll knock him out too. I think he's a victim of his own arrogance where he must be. He just thinks he could beat anyone. And it's funny because so much has changed. In the first fight, they're trying to interview him and he wants nothing of it. This time he's calm in his dressing room. Mm. He seems to be willing to take the questions and he's cocky. He's arrogant. He's like, I'm going to knock this guy out just like last time. I don't need a strategy. I don't care. Even though we didn't see him train, we didn't see a lackluster training regime. Even if he physically trained hard, strategically, he did not prepare for this fight with all the contingencies. Like He might come straight ahead like last time. If he doesn't, what are we going to do? And they haven't had that discussion at all. Mm-hmm. Maybe Clubber should have said, my strategy this time, I'm going to kill Polly on his entrance to the ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. Turn him off. Good. Does that look okay? No, I don't hate that boy. So, yeah, much more relaxed atmosphere in the room with Rocky and Apollo. And Rocky's giving Adrian a little love taps with his taped hands. And I, I like that. It was a nice little, cute little moment. Rocky kind of gives Adrian a nice little knock on her chin with his uh, freshly taped hands by Apollo. Cute. And it shows he's comfortable. He's not real nervous and stressed like his last fight. The last fight was exactly. a total disaster. He probably is nervous, like has a healthy fear, as we'll learn in Rocky Five. But I don't think he's scared of clever lying anymore he feels like you know like when you go into an exam or something like that and you've studied really hard for it and you feel prepared like you're still maybe a little nervous about with how it's going to go but like you go in there like knowing i'm going to do this i'm ready for it and i'm comfortable and you know that just comes with preparation you can't fake that the reporter asked do you hate balboa or do you hate rocky but i pity the fool and I will destroy any man who tries to take what I got. That's a great line. Yes, I pity the fool, the famous line. But the next part is really the best part, I think, uh, when he says, I pity the fool. And in fact, I want to hear the reporter's question again. Mm-hmm. Sorry, let's just go back. Do you hate Balboa is the question. No, I don't hate Balboa. But I pity the fool. And I will destroy any man who tries to take what I got. I thought the reporter asked the question. I think it's just you know what the question is based on the answer. Yeah, so I guess In so. your mind, you fill it in. Yeah. I'm kind of ignorant to this because I never watched A-Team growing up, but mm. he uses that line, I pity the fool, in A-Team, doesn't he? And no. so is this the first? I don't think so. No? Is this the I, only I time? watched A-Team. Because he's known for that line. Is it just because of this film? That's well, a big I, film. It is, but well, I, I think know, he but goes no. on to use it in appearance. That's now his persona that he takes yes, on. I, I watched the A-Team like religiously. Now, granted, I was a kid and I haven't watched it since I was young. And it was off the, I mean, I've seen snippets of stuff, of course, over the years on YouTube and stuff. But I watched it religiously as a kid. And I don't recall him saying that uh, in that character. He played B.A. Baracus, which stood for Badass Baracus. That was his name. Oh, that's what it stood um, for? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I know. Uh, anyway, so if he did, I would be happy to see it. I just actually well, don't remember ha- his character doing that. He did have a short-lived cartoon series as well in the 80s, and I don't recall watching. I do feel like it was used a lot, so it might have been in the cartoons. It might have yeah. become his catchphrase later, even if it wasn't in the A-Team. But this know? is the first iteration of it, I suppose. Yes, this yes. is the first time. Yeah. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yes. I would assume Sly wrote all that. I can't imagine, no offense to Mr. T, being a new actor, new on the set, mm-hmm. that he had much control over the dialogue. In fact, that's Sly's biggest strength, is writing dialogue. That's what he mm-hmm. likes to do. Yeah. He likes to write dialogue, so I yeah, suspect he wrote all that dialogue. He's a good writer. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's a bad actor or anything like that, but I think he's a better writer than he is an actor. Depending on the project, yes. With the Rocky films, notwithstanding, seem to be hand in hand. This is his character. He can he lives and breathes the character. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. You gotta respect him for that. I also love Clubber's <sighs> shit talking. <laughs> it's like great. He has, that guy knows how to talk shit. I don't hate him. I just pity him. That's almost worse than hating someone. It is. Like, I would rather be hated than pity. Sure. He knows how to like get under your skin, which I like. Well, Luis thinks it's been used outside. Now, again, if it's been used in the shows, I'd be curious to see like a I am not doubtful. I mean, I don't doubt it that he did. I just don't remember Mr. T saying that outside the Rocky franchise in another show that wasn't a parody, if that makes sense. Maybe he mm-hmm. guest spotted on something on the Muppet show or something like that. Which, ah, I pity that Muppet or something like that. I don't know. But- he might have in the cartoon that Rocky. if anybody has seen the cartoon – I watched it as a you kid. You did? Too. Oh, yeah. I, I ate the cereal and watched the cartoon at the same time. Are you kidding me? Oh, that's great. I was, 
I'm an 80s kid. Like, three, yeah. you have to understand, in 85, the right, the hype in the Haiti of the 80s, we 84 to 87, I was 10 to 11 years old. This was like great. 80, man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It that's... was a great time. It was, it was a great time. You remember where you came from. You remember what it took to get you here. And you remember what he did to you last time, right? First, he goes, remember where you came from. Is he saying from the hood, from Philly, in the streets? What's he referring to that from? Probably. It's really hard to analyze that. <laughs> remember being hungry. Remember how yeah. tough it was. You came from nothing and you, that kind of a thing. It's so vague that, yes, we could sit here forever. I know that. Every time I see this scene, we just talk about Sly's writing. This part's so vague. I don't know what Paul's referring to. I don't know if Rocky knows. Uh, what are you talking about? Are you talking about like when I beat you in the ring? When I was a, you know, being a bum and a leg breaker for a gazo? Like what part of the from is he referring to? It's so vague. The whole idea was bringing Rocky back to the beginning. It was bringing him back to the humble roots. Now he did go back to Apollo's beginning, but it was really a proxy for Rocky's beginning. Mm -hmm. So he's so, back to the, the hungry days. Yeah. yeah. You came from here. And then he says, remember what it took to get here. To come from that place of a club fighter or whatever to all the way to being champion. But then he says, remember what it took for you to get here. But yeah, we've kind of reset the clock. So you almost argue, remember when you had the eye of the tiger? And now remember what it took you to get the eye of the tiger again. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's an yeah, odd it's like way you, of saying you got it. Back. it. I think he's just asking him to reflect on everything they've done and where he's been and just get perspective. Sure. Sure. Yes. I mean, sure. I, I'm not saying that's not it. It's just, it's an odd way of saying glad we're here now sure but then he goes to say remember what he did to you last time i've always found that last part odd because hey remember what he did to you last time is he saying i want you to be angry yes. i want you to have yeah. revenge in your heart i yes. want you to be a little bit pissed off because that's not rocky's style that's what i found the most interesting about this like the idea that i want you to be angry Paul doesn't want Rocky to use his style. He wants Rocky to be like him. I guess what he's been doing the whole time sure. is trying to make Rocky into a proxy of himself. He's like the dad who wants their kid to live, who lives through their kid while playing sport and yells at the crowd and stuff. He's living vicariously through the sun. He does do that. We see it play out. He's so bad. My mother can hit harder than that. It worked. Apollo's doing a phenomenal job of hyping Rocky up for what he needs we're not on the still anymore, but them, the shadow shot of them in the doorway. Did you see that replicated in another film? Wasn't it the same way with Rocky and Adonis? They had a very oh, similar I'd have to uh, go back. A similar mean, shot. I forget which movie. Was it Creed or Creed 2 at the beginning? I bet you there was. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I'll say this about Rocky and the Creed films in comparison to this here. Rocky is definitely a better trainer slash manager than Apollo is. Rocky does a much better job of understanding the psychology of his fighter and relating to him than Apollo does. Apollo, I, I don't think his little speech there was that useful, to be honest. Like, I think, I think Apollo, it was because it worked. <laughs> <laughs> I think if that never happened, the result of the fight would have been the same. Yeah. Apollo's fine. He needed Apollo's training, which is the important part. But in terms of like motivation and all that stuff, I don't think Apollo is that helpful. I fully agree that Apollo is taking on this role, be it unnaturally. He wants to be the star. I mean, he's the player. He's the athlete. He's the fighter. Whereas Rocky, I totally agree with you. His personality is tough, but sensitive and compassionate and empathetic. And so his aura is a better coach. Yeah, he's never been the angry guy in a fight. Rocky's always kind of meek before a fight. He's just quiet. He's getting himself ready. He was real nervous the first fight against Apollo. He was almost kind of like, I hope Apollo doesn't show in the second fight. First fight, he was understandably messed up because of Mickey and everything else. He doesn't have really a, an MO of coming in hot on a fight. He almost has to take a few punches to get into it. Since both men are brawlers, Stu, with the edge and power going to Clubber Lang, I would say that the odds are very long against Balboa regaining his title. In a toe-to-toe -to -toe brawl, if the two are standing in front of each other, throwing hard shots, which is exactly what happened in the first fight, you're standing toe-to-toe -to -toe and just hitting each other with power shots. Logically, the more powerful fighter is going to win unless one has a way weaker chin than the other. Uh, Clever doesn't really have a weak chin. Like, he took everything Rocky dished out in that first fight pretty well. If Rocky uses the same strategy he used in the first fight, he's going to lose. I concur. Okay. It's your turn. What's your prediction for the fight, then? Prediction? Yes, prediction. Pain. <laughs> so good. I love it. Yeah, another classic moment. We don't have much more to say about that. Yeah. Look classic at his face. Part of the fight. Yeah. 
looking right at the camera. This is a clever little moment, too, because he's looking at the reporter's camera, but it's looking at the audience. You can get away with a fourth wall break here by looking at the audience, but he's looking at the news reporter camera. We're seeing the news reporter camera angle here. He's the meanest, scariest opponent. I would not want to go in the ring with that. Yeah, he's terrifying. Drago's terrifying in a different way. Yeah. His sheer size, the quietness about him kind of gives you a level of uncertainty, which is a certain fear. Clubber is mean. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to hurt you. You know we could back it up. So, yeah, I would be pretty afraid of fighting him. Lang is a brawler who likes to hurt a man to the body. And, you know, Balboa may never have psychologically recovered from that vicious knockout that Clubber laid on him. One's a oh. terrible point. One's a great point. <laughs> Clubber's okay. a man that likes he likes to hurt a man to the body. I think you see one or maybe two He's body shots face, in both yeah. fights. Right. And then all the previous fight scenes during the initial montage when you see Clubber knocking guys out, you never see him hit someone to the body. Like, who wrote that? Is that you, Sly? <laughs> Sorry. You're a good writer, <laughs> okay. but that line, mm-hmm. not good. But the psychological recovery part, they don't know what Rocky went through. In his psychological right. recovery, if Rocky decided to just train himself or something like that, he wouldn't have psychologically recovered. So I think that's a fair point for them to make. It's time. So that was used, of course, throughout the Rocky films. Mickey says to the Rocky, it's, it's, it's time, kid. And then Paul uses it for Rocky, it's time. And then Rocky uses it for Adonis in the first film, it's time, kid. Good point. Yeah. He does look very relaxed, though. No, that's the whole idea. He's just chilling. I want you to wear these. Uh, why didn't you give those to me before I put my other shorts on Apollo? <laughs> yeah, before I got dressed oh, and like oh, ready. Yeah. The colors that you wore in our first fight together. I, I can't wear your colors. Just wear them. Yeah? Yeah. Thanks, Pop. You just make sure you wash them before you bring them back, all right? <laughs> we'll do. We'll do. Oh, okay, I love so it so a, much. Yeah. So many problems. <laughs> okay, what's your problem with that? Well, two things. One, they would have had to have been customized. Apollo's shorts would not fit Rocky. They are not the same size of clothes. And two, as I mentioned, when this happens in Creed, I'm ready to go. And now I got to put new different clothes on that I'm not comfortable in. Like I'm going to be all out of sorts. I know they're doing it for the movie's sake, but you just said it's time. And now I have to go change clothes real quick. I don't know. Yeah, I I kind of agree with that. Most guys are just kind of whatever. Like maybe if you're really attached to your your colors, maybe. But Rocky specifically is pretty chill about that kind of stuff. I do agree about the fit, though. It wouldn't fit. I did think about that. We all know Apollo's trying to live through Rocky here, but now he's like making him wear wear his clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Am I supposed to go on a float and pretend to be George Washington, too? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and actually, I believe the music, the Marine Corps anthem is the music that's played when oh. Rocky comes out. And I believe that's the same music that Apollo had during the first fight when he came out. He's really trying to make it as similar as possible to him coming in. here. If it wasn't for Apollo, too, uh, I'm sure you guys will, you guys often do disagree. I don't know why I'm always on that up. <laughs> fine, that's fine. I'm the voice of the voice of dissension, I guess. Okay. If it wasn't for... Apollo saying, I want those back. Could one argue that he's giving Rocky a new set of trunks that has his colors, not necessarily the ones he wore when he fought Rocky? Notice throughout the films that the shorts that Tommy got, that the shorts that Adonis got, they're not the same trunks. They're all different, but they have the same color scheme. Was the Tommy one different? Uh, Yeah, I'm 90% sure. I'd have to go back. I feel like when I look at that film, when we look at the shorts, they don't seem like the same. We'd have to. Oh, my God. I guess it's very easy to go. Did you say I'm all stressed I'm stressed because uh, he gave Tommy those shorts. And if those were Apollo's shorts, I doubt Tommy gave them back. We're already repeating ourselves from the first podcast. But anyways, that being said, I'm just saying, but Apollo says here, it makes that's the great joke. That's the great line. Make sure you wash them before you get, because I'm going to own these again. These are going to be mine again. I'm not a boxing nerd outside these films, so I don't know. Do colors mean strictly this is what I wore or this is my theme? These are my colors. I don't know. In this particular instance, I think it's very clear that they were the physical shorts that Apollo wore. So we have Mr. John Rivoli in our Instagram chat, and he is a pretty big Rocky nerd himself, right? He says that all the flag shorts were different in the films. Yes, in reality. In reality, they're not the same short. The film used different shorts. 
Again, but, so that's why the line, if it didn't exist, I want you to wash them before you get, or you could just argue Paul's given him fresh pair of shorts, but he wants them back anyways. No, Who would give him a second no. pair of shorts and then ask for them back? No. It's very <laughs> clear. I don't think anybody thinks that this is a second All set right. of shorts. Uh, Ryan, I honestly think you're trolling us at this point. Yeah. Okay, slow down. All I'm <laughs> saying is, if movie, he didn't use the line, if he didn't use the line, wash them, that line alone, <laughs> I know well, he did, but the <laughs> I'm so yeah, sorry. I, so, yes, I know Mike. you guys have already proven your point. I'm just saying the physical evidence that we see as a viewer is all the shorts are different. So it's very confusing. Like I understand if we could just say, well, the costume department got it wrong. Okay, well, the costume department got it wrong. However, dot dot dot. Other than that one line, yes, it's it's frustrating as a viewer. One thing about the films, it is frustrating. We always have to kind of like retcon mm -hmm. and forgive so many different mistakes where it's almost like I don't know if it's the same shorts. The people Apollo hired to <laughs> to trash talk oh, Rocky please. and Rocky Two oh, secretly got Rocky's measurements to, to fit him for those shorts. <laughs> yes. Now, Ryan, I understand what you're saying. I know I'm the same way. I get it. That's what makes it fun and sentimental. They wore those their first fight. Rocky gets to wear them. He wears them again when he fights Drago. He gives them to Tommy Morrison when he when he, and then Tommy loses them or whatever. We don't know if he got them back. I understand. Then Adonis wears the same colors when he fights. I get it. But it is clear in Creed. It's it's very clearly. Oh, yeah, uh, it's Johnson not, on one side and Creed. Yeah, the other. like they're just made to symbolize. They're not actually the same shorts. I think we, yeah. we had that discussion. And from the costume department, I don't really think they made mistakes. I think it's clear that they're similar and they might not be. I mean, what's different about them? The one, it's from like 1976. I doubt they have those shorts laying around. Like if they're going to do yeah. that for the movie, they have to come up with new shorts. And those new shorts will necessarily not look exactly the same as the old ones. They would be different material or whatever. Mm -hmm. Even the ones Tommy wears. They're the same style. Okay. okay, so uh, are you guys done? Okay, so <laughs> I was just being the devil's advocate a little bit saying if that line about the washing wasn't said, we really would have a, a fun discussion. That's all I was trying. I was just speculating because that's all I was doing there. However, because John is friends with Sly, I kid you not, he just texted Sly and we have an answer from Sly. If you want to hear what? it, this is live on the air. Yeah, I told you, John Rivoli's friends with Sly. <laughs> And he's watching our show right now on Instagram. So John just texts like, he goes, hey, I just texted the boss. And he said that those were Apollo's actual shorts he was loaning to Rocky. So there you go. Um, I'm going to give Ryan saying, credit because Ryan could have easily just said that he got, he could have made this up and, and said that like, yeah, Sly confirmed that they were different shorts and we would not be the wiser. Oh, Ryan, Ryan would never do that. Ryan stood up and Ryan said the truth. I was just making the argument, had that line not been, then that would be even more valuable text from the boss, Mr. Stallone, mm -hmm. that they were the same shirt. Now, John, can you add slide? I'm just, can no, you no, add no. slide whose shorts were given to Tommy? That's the question. <laughs> we need to know and whose did he get shorts. Back? This is the biggest mystery. Did Tommy the Machine Gun Morrison return those trunks to Rocky? And no, if so, left. whose trunks were they? They're lost. Oh. That's awesome, though. Thank you, John, for asking Sly, and that makes me so excited that he like answered. <laughs> John's it's the almost best. like he's part of John's the show the right now. It's basically like we have Sly on right here, two texts away. You know, there's like the eight <laughs> yeah. degrees yeah. of separation or whatever. Mm -hmm. There's like two. We'll have John come on every show, but Sly on speed. <laughs> we have a proxy guest host. Okay, no, John, you're amazing. I really want to know that Tommy received the same. Basically, did Tommy receive the trunks that Rocky's receiving now? And then if he did. Did Rocky ever get those trunks back, or did Tommy die with those trunks? All right. Uh, oh my god. Oh my god. And John, god, just... I wanted to let you know I have your Buckus drawing. I love it. I have that. Oh yeah. Home. I ordered that last year sometime. I love it. Yeah, John's the best. He's great. Okay. So that being said, we're gonna continue. After this, you owe me a favor. Ooh. What favor? So it's at this point that Rocky thinks it's something gay. That's what I will say. It's at yeah. this point. <laughs> He's giving Rocky clothes. He's half naked. He's grooming Rocky right there. Yes. <laughs> well, you saw how oiled and greased up they are. Why are they so greased up in that Ooh. private fight? Uh, well, you got to be greased. greased, man, or else you'll get cut. Like, yeah, don't they them. put Vaseline on him or yeah, something? Yeah, you saw Vaseline on Clubber's face during that interview. From no, but I think their secret fight at the end, there was Vaseline everywhere. Oh, yeah. You agree. Toe-to-toe, -to -toe, Lang is utterly devastating, and he's much too strong. 
This is like the fifth time they've said something. Yeah, like, they're, they're really they're, building it up. It's for the audience. We're mm-hmm. in the theater. It's a reminder to the audience that even though we know that there's no way Rocky's going to lose two fights in the film, it's still yeah. to give you a little bit of that stress that this is a big fight, guys. Don't forget, audience. This is the guy that knocked him out. But we're all like, no, not with the training he's received. There's no way he's losing. But it's just a way to add a little bit of stress to the audience. Analysts would say stuff like that, though. That's not outside the realm of what would actually happen. I can see announcers and analysts saying that. Often, though, it's not uncommon to have media and people come visit the fighters' training camp. Mm. And you don't see any evidence of that in basically any of the Rocky films. It doesn't really happen in this series. Have they had someone from the media or had some analysts come visit Rocky's camp and they saw like, oh, Rocky's doing all this speed work and he's practicing dodging. That would have entered into this conversation. That like, oh, well, let's, we've been seeing Rocky train. He's he's training with Apollo. He's doing all this stuff like Apollo would. If he uses this, do you think he would win? Like, it would be a much more interesting discussion. But they seem to be totally in the dark about Rocky's training. They kind of are almost forced to assume that Rocky's going to fight the same way he always does. Like, why wouldn't he? He's right. been, they've seen him fight all these fights. He fights the same way every time. Unless you know something that the public doesn't know, you're going to assume that. Agreed. Agreed. Right, listen, I just want to tell you that I'm proud of you. It takes a hell of a man to change, and you did it. You're going to prove it to him tonight, right? Right. Right. You did good, Apollo. Okay, let's do it, Paulie. There you go. There's, there's Paulie. Oh, they're friends stuff. now. I didn't Right before the door opens, right? In Rocky Four, he has that, they're like, if I had to step out, become someone, I'd want to be you. And then he took it back, but still. And he knows he doesn't want to be Apollo. If I could uh, slip it to somebody else's skin. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Maybe not. <you're> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but it's so cute. I think it's adorable. They're friends now, you guys. <laughs> Thank you, Kyle. I got to laugh out of Kyle. I mean, if I, if I make Kyle laugh and Katie shake, shake her head, then I know I've told I, I chuckle. No, you have a good sense I of humor, Ryan. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Except for I, when I he thinks to... we're stomping all over him. <laughs> Ryan, well, we're just bit, giving you bit. a hard time. We no, love I know. you. I know you do. I do I do want to say it's interesting how Paulo says here, it's kind of subtle, but Apollo says, you know, it's cool to see that you changed Rocky. And then Rocky in the next movie, you can't change who you are, Adrian. Like, oh, Rocky, which, which one is it? You know, he changes for Paulo, but he doesn't change for Adrian. And I'm going to go right back to fighting the way I did before in the next yeah, that's film. Right. And the film after right. that. And the film after that. <laughs> I just changed for you, Apollo. That's it. Yeah, this is this one time. But all these things I learned from you, I'm going to discard them. It's like this never happened. And here comes Rocky. The tautness of that body. Have you ever have you ever heard of any commentator say the tautness of someone's body? I, I know he looks great, but he hasn't even just robed yet. That's just funny. Yeah, that is you hard. can't see his body yet. It's his yeah. face. I would like to point out, well, I'm very excited to see the disrobing. But Apollo yes, we'll looks, get to the disrobing. Apollo looks so good in that shirt. Apollo's physique in this film is incredible. Like that's why we saw him shirtless for the training montage. Mm-hmm. Because we said, of course, he has to tell Stallone, hey, look, man, I, I worked out for this film. You got to have me shirtless. Or yes. He looks yeah. great. Rocket looks serious. Uh, he's all business, of course. And both fighters come in this way. They both come in serious for sure. Boy, does he look serious right now. Uh, that he certainly does. And you know, Stu, the word is that this is Rocky's last fight, win, lose, or draw. Oh, is this his last fight, win, lose, or draw? There's no Rocky Four. Well, that's too bad. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. He's and there he is, the Italian sky and Rocky Balboa, climbing into the ring. Boy, he looks incredibly trim, doesn't he? I'd say he's got to be about 20 pounds lighter. Dropped 20 pounds since the first fight. And, of course, we know behind he is, the he has at 100. Goal. Well, I know. Not in real life. but No, we, no. We even know according that... to this film. Oh. Like they're going to do the weigh-in in this film. And he's like 191 pounds or something. Well, he drops about 10 pounds. Well, okay. because he wouldn't be a heavyweight if he actually lost 20 pounds. But they don't know that. So they're just saying from the look of him, it seems yeah. like he dropped. Yeah, like he's just slim right down. Yeah. But we know the stories, of course, of Sly, of standing on his head, they have blood to his head. And you know, like drinking five cups of coffee every hour or whatever it was, no food or whatever he ate. Well, losing I, I body am- fat. Has anyone had a lower, like, I'm sure there has, but it's like a crazy low body fat percentage. Balboa, the Iron Man from Philadelphia, and this crowd is certainly with him tonight. Listen. Balboa doesn't really have any boxing skills. I've never seen a fight at all with as much raw as 
<laughs> again, I love Sly writes these dialogues. Yeah. Rocky has no boxing skill. Yeah, he's the brawler. He can take hits. He's got the big punch. That is his style. He's the he has uh, skills he's... now. They don't know it though. No, he yeah, no, they don't. They'll see him dancing in the ring very shortly. Not this episode. If you're coming in late, folks, we're going to do the rest of the fight next episode. Here comes the champion now. Clever Lang. Look at this crowd. Take a look at those eyes. I've never seen a guy with such southern eyes. He is tough. Boy, he's tough. Okay. <laughs> I know, it's such a great I love it. I love it. That guy is sounds like such a southern good old boy too. Come on, go back where you came from. You know what this reminds me? It reminds me of how uh, Jack Ruby shot Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> this is what this reminds me of. Mm-hmm. Okay. Lee Harvey Oswald's coming with the, the press and the police at the same time. And Jack Ruby just comes out and shoots a boom, boom in the stomach. Right. Right. And that's what this part feels like. And mm-hmm. uh, of course, this guy is just being racist. This is a racist cop, which is odd because did he feel the same way about Apollo? Is that what we're led to believe? Because this is in New York. This is neutral ground. So what's mm-hmm. he referring to? Go back to Chicago. Well, I, uh, he yeah, he probably meant both stereotyping Southerners a little bit. Yeah, sure, yeah. everyone. You, I'm not saying all, but like that's the stereotype of a Southerner. I never caught that's what he said. Literally until just now, I oh. thought it was just a photographer stepping up, getting in his face. I never mm. heard what he said before. Well, I would have pushed him too, probably, if I was Clubber. Oh, yeah. Look at the Nike. I also never noticed that Clubber's team now has like the Nike. What do you call those coats that were very 80s? Oh, what do you call that know. style of coat? I would call them jackets, but uh, they're sport jackets or something. I don't it's I know like what you're talking about. It's the material. About. It's like that shiny kind it's of like material. It's a shiny. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of shiny and slick and smooth feeling. Mm-hmm. There's six in the entourage that I can count right now. Yeah. There's more to come. Like, mm-hmm. this is only just a fraction of his entourage. Well, at least the military band still played for Club. <laughs> that would have been horrible had <laughs> he stopped for him. Imagine um, if they played that Frank Sinatra song just to troll him. <laughs> Remember in Rocky Balboa, like the ant? Okay. Oh yeah. About that. Yeah. Oh, he even belted a spectator on the way in. Did you see that? Look at that man. Boy, awesome. 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 He's tough. Look at that. Robert Lang, the heavyweight champion of the world. I just love those notes. I don't know why they're so funny. This episode really get to their own character. Oh, thanks. Louise agrees with my Jack Ruby vibe. John uh, Ribley. He wanted to say that he always found. It interesting how dark the ring was in this fight. There's almost no lights. Oh, good point. Yeah, it's like a darker fight. It's more it is. gloomy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Paul is telling Rocky to keep it loose, keep it loose. Hey, fool, you ready for another beating? You should have never came back. Mr. T, it's you should have never have come back. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, clever. Let's get the grammar going on. I pity the fool who doesn't know grammar. Yeah. So Rocky would have initially wore yellow trunks. If you noticed here, Apollo and all the other guys are not dressed in those colors. They're dressed in red colors, which is Apollo's entourage. You <laughs> always wore yeah. those colors. The very first Rocky fight, like Rocky one, he wore these colors. And his team had, they were pink, but they were supposed Almost to be pink. red. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a callback to. Yeah. I think this is the idea. This is both Rocky uh, and Apollo's fight. But so the very first fight, Rocky Paul's hadn't fight. got the yellow persona yet. Right. Like That's he, true. he wore those yellow colors in the second fight, and then that was his thing going mm-hmm. forward. And his corner wore that. That yep. was their uniform. But now that Apollo's in, <laughs> they're wearing Apollo's colors. Rocky's wearing Apollo's shorts. Like Apollo yeah. is just taking over everything here. The, the old Rocky. Everything about it is being like stamped out, or at least trying to be stamped out. It's a co-fight. Yeah. Let's just be cool. Hey, boy. Hey, boy. I was just counting that lineup of people in the entourage. We could do that later, though. All right. So, of course, this is the big insult. We've talked about this before. You got Clever calling Apollo boy, which is a huge insult. In that insult. tone, too. Back. Well, thank Insulting. God he's uh, also black, because this that well, would have been what, yeah. rough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even Rocky's like, oh, I'm not stopping this fight. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting out of this. This is not my thing right here. After I crucify him, you next. Just stay out of my face, Chuck. Don't turn your back on me, son. We got a problem before the bell. <laughs> yeah, like they're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they're clubber trucker hats. 
The well, ring uh, is uh, half full of clever guys. This would have been a, an amazing fight to be at with all this extra drama. This would have been great for television, like on the yeah. on the in the on the news or when they show the highlights of this fight. This little brawl at the beginning would have been a highlight reel to see mm-hmm. this, yeah. this like legit to see this kind of mini brawl breakout. That's that's fantastic television for Indeed. the sports uh, updates. That's a big moment here because don't forget right before this, Apollo told Rocky, "Don't look at him, just play it cool." And of course, here we go. How that. Play? That was cool. I love that. Yeah. I do I, too. I love Carl's acting. It's great. I mean, they're all doing a great job here. That's just, but that's, I love how I thought said to be cool. He goes, that was cool. Could you imagine if I really wanted to do what I wanted to do this guy? Like he's lucky. That's true. Like, he's it wearing, was cool. Yeah. 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 He wanted to lay him out. The fact that he didn't punch him took a lot of coolness on a paul's part he's nothing but if not a, a fighter and he was insulted you know and pushed behind yeah. they, to be pushed from behind is very insulting Ugh, oh, it yeah, was a worse. big push too like a real yeah. he meant business why does polly have a different style of shirt than tony and apollo it's still red but it doesn't have the white collar and sleeves he has to be a little bit dressed down compared to these other two though. okay also, maybe that's like Apollo's subtle way of telling Polly he doesn't really belong there. <laughs> <laughs> maybe like he's othered right now. Like you don't have the the shirt. Like the we official. have the official shirt. You have some bullshit polo shirt from Old Navy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was Old Navy in existence? The Gap was, but yeah, I, don't I don't know. know. Back then, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure Old Navy was. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, I love his little dance he does out like that. I think it's the only time in all these films he does that kind of dance. He didn't do it in Rocky IV, certainly. He didn't yeah. do it in Rocky Balboa. It's not a cocky dance, but it's sort of it's like a dance. He comes out and dances on the feet mm-hmm. and put his arms above his head. He's never done that in any film since or before. Uh, it's kind of a unique moment here. He knows how to dance now. He's giving a sneak peek to people that he can yeah. move on his feet a little bit. And Adrian is just <clears throat> this fight. She's loving this fight. She is totally behind this fight. A couple things about that little sequence. I'm giddy over this because Rocky's so hot. Also, 191 pounds. Is Mm. that the very minimum for a heavyweight at this time, Kyle? I don't know. It's below the limit now. He wouldn't qualify as a heavyweight now under that weight. Also, the announcer, I always like i'm constantly do you guys do this whenever you say rocky balboa i I say it like the announcer rocky, rocky balboa I and it feels it. right having this announcer like this is the announcer in the fight where rocky won the championship the first time before they had that old guy it was like bob barker almost he looked like <laughs> it just felt weird the ref was different everything was just wrong about the first fight now everything feels right like you have the music from the first fight rocky's in the right place he has the old trunks on you have the familiar announcer Lou Filippo's in the ring so you know the fight's going to be intense because he's not going to stop shit like he might as well not be there (laughs) he might as well not be there (laughs) yeah I love it he is so slim down he looks like a middleweight out of the blue corner weighing 237 pounds the hard-punching battler from Chicago, the reigning heavyweight champion of the world, Glover Lang. 46-pound difference. That's gigantic. And I want to point out, for that time, that's massive for a heavyweight. 237? Yeah. George Foreman, who is a big heavyweight, when he was fighting when he was young, like in the 70s, he was like 220 pounds about, and he was big. He was a big guy, like Ron Lyle, George Foreman. Those guys were big, and they were in the 220s, maybe high teens. And then when George Foreman came out of retirement, he was about 260, I think. 
250, 260. So oh, wow. he was kind of fat, right? Like he oh. always like, criticized for being big. George Foreman, when he's fat, was kind of like the same weight Clubber is now, because Clubber's not fat. That's they, pretty heavy. It is. They always up the opponent's weight. I doubt Clubber actually weighs 237 in the same way that I don't think Dolph Lundgren actually weighed like 267 in Rocky Four, And Hulk Hogan did not weigh 300, 390 pounds. pounds. They increased the right. weight to make it seem more... Sure. Yeah, Apollo, according to the last fight, was like 220, mm-hmm. which I'd say he's probably about 220. He's yeah. pretty tall, right? Yeah. But in the first fight, he was 210, which is definitely believable. Clubber's a big boy. He's it's thick. Inconceivable that you'd have some a fighting at a 47 or 46 pound weight difference. All right, let's go. We went over the rules yesterday. I'm just going to repeat a few of them. Let's watch the low blows and the rabbit punches. In case of a knockdown, you go to the corner I tell you to, and you stay there until I tell you to come out. Is that understood? Any questions? Okay, let's go back to your corner now. Let's go. I'll bust you up. Go for it. There you go. He's making eye contact this time. In the first fight, he was like avoiding Mm. eye contact. You notice he still has the scar below his left eye. Oh, good. Cover cover cut him there. Like it's still existent, but it's kind of healed. And it makes him look a little more badass having that. He's been through some shit. He still has it. It kind of reminds the audience that he's been beat up. He's like toughened up. He's like better for it now. So in some ways, they're really good with the continuity. Yeah. Whoever did makeup was on point then. Uh, Luis says Mr. T was legitimately around 225 pounds. Yeah. Stallone was reportedly 155. So like, yeah, that's a good point. Wow. Yeah, that's that's, so that's a pretty, uh, so that's about like 70 pounds. Yeah, 70 it pounds. It looks different. it. I mean, I was going to ask you guys all if you've seen the meme of that scene where Clubber and Rocky, it's just a close-up of their face, their faces looking at each other yeah, and their, yeah, their yeah, noses. Yeah. And then... That and then the second photo is a hand. There's one looks like they're about to kiss. Yeah, <laughs> or it's like, I wish my wife something. would look at me the way Rocky looks at Clover. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fun. Okay, guys. Yeah, I'm glad we decided. To, yeah, there's no way we're going to do the fight plus the secret fight at the end. So there's no way that we can do more. So that was great discussions, of course. Thanks for not ganging up on me harshly. I will say this, though. I'm tempted. I don't think John's listening anymore, but I will message him after because I'm, I'm, I don't ask a lot of favors of John. He does that on his own. It was very kind of him to even text Sly. I can't believe he did that. I do want to know. <laughs> and I'll be, and again, I'll tell the truth of what Sly said. There'll be two that, well, it's going to be three answers because I've done this with Sly a couple times. Remember the zoo thing? He forgot apparently that he mentioned the zoo comment mm-hmm. about Adrian. Even though, yeah, when those guys are harassing Rocky, I felt like the timeline was too quick that they were on Apollo's payroll. We get through that. And you guys are thinking, no, that was just a natural reaction that the smear campaign worked and they were naturally reacting that way to Rocky because of the smear campaign that was from the newspaper. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, essentially. Okay. Because mm-hmm. that's the only thing that we saw was the newspaper ad. We didn't see any other thing on TV. We didn't they didn't have the internet back then. There's no tweets. Okay. So I'm gonna ask John if you could ask Ro- uh, Rocky, if you could ask Sly that one question, like were those guys specifically the guys you super the good man, were they doing that because they saw that picture in the paper or because Apollo sent some people essentially saying, hey, Can you can you rattle this cage a little bit and go after him a little bit? So you guys were probably right, but my brain went there all these years. It naturally went there. This is like the splinter in Ryan's hand to the pull out. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I've had a few of these things for the Rocky series. I've had a yeah. few of these. The real questions that fans never ask Sly. And these are the these are the questions I want to know. Well, I got the zoo one answered. I'm really happy about that one. That's one I think everybody is like, what the heck? She's never been asked. Yeah, it's crazy. That surprises me so much because it's like a legit question. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like his sense of humor. Like I thought it was like kind of a, oh. a little nod to the first film, like a joke. Maybe. And, yeah, and I maybe. thought it was funny. Like I, I kind of gave him credit for. That was what we wanted to know. What was the reason? We thought it was intentional. So we were wondering what the reason was. What was Rocky's thinking? Was he owning that insult or did he forget? And Sly's response was neither. <laughs> he forgot. Sly <laughs> forgot that he he wrote that line that insulted the first one. <laughs> That's the funny thing. Anyway, oh, I almost am like you shouldn't waste your question on that one, but you can. Oh you my Did I get three questions of Sly? That's it. Okay, what's your one what's of the question? well one I think that has come up on the show a few times is the cufflink. Are we to assume that oh. Apollo got the other one from 
Like what he says, I gave to some bum. Was that bum yeah. Apollo or somebody from Apollo's camp? Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. Tony. Well, you know it's not Apollo because Apollo it... would be too young. Yeah, like Maybe Tony like or something. Or like Apollo's dad or something. Yeah. Or like Good some questions. trainer that later gave it to Apollo. You know what I mean? I'm like going with Tony. Guy. Well, he said he gave it to some bum. And I think the idea of that was remember Mickey calls him that bum. Yeah, you're a bum. But Mickey was... calls everyone a bum. I, yeah, I, I know, know, but I mean just means a random guy. I don't think yeah. he's actually casting judgment. So on right. it was a random guy. How did the Paul end up with it? Okay. Sheer coincidence, essentially. Yeah. Like uh, it, that's funny. Those are good questions. Else, I don't know if I'm gonna bug John with anything. Okay. <laughs> he, yeah, give it some time. Fine. You gotta spread those yeah. out. Yeah, 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 I know. I know. Okay, anyways, guys, thanks for everyone who joined us. Yes, next episode will be the final episode of Rocky Three. If you have any last comments or questions or queries or complaints about our coverage of Rocky Three, now's the time to let us know. We'll read them out and discuss them on the next episode. If not, that's fine. We'll just end that next episode. And then the episode after that, we're going to roll it right into Rocky Four. And again, we are going to go back to trivia. Once I get back to Canada, we'll just do Rocky Three until we catch up. There'll be enough episodes that we'll – there's less questions than episodes, so we'll get those done. So we'll do Rocky Three and Four during the Rocky Four coverage. Okay, this episode is over. I didn't hear no bell. I just want to say one thing to my wife. You win.